single hour on the program, your shot at $1,000. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Let's just get into this right now. Your Cavaliers, buddy, last night, not looking real good. No, that was terrible. Now, I thought the Cavs would lose game one. That's the way I thought that this would go. And I remember saying before the Toronto series, I said, look, they will run through Toronto and everybody will be all the way back in on the Cavs. Then we will go face Boston. That series will be tougher than people expect it to be after blowing through Toronto. And then people will start to level out. And actually, worse than level out. I think people are going a little overboard on the Cavaliers right now. Now, I don't believe that they win a title this year, although when you have the greatest player in the world for 25 years, anything can happen. We saw it in golf a little bit over this weekend with Tiger Woods. When you're the greatest ever, you got a shot. Tiger was on the final page of the leaderboard on Sunday. Things can happen. You got LeBron James, things can happen. Now, I think this series with Boston is at minimum five games. My gut says six, but it could easily just be the five. I could see that, but I expected them to lose yesterday. I expected to run into the coaching issues that we saw a little bit, and I expected to be for Brad Stevens to have his team ready to go and be prepared and ready to take LeBron on. It's interesting. I should dig up the quote from earlier this year when LeBron was telling everybody to relax because when it comes time to game one, he'll be in your building and he'll manhandle you and you'll win. Well, all right. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe you did with Toronto, not so much with, with Boston, but I'm not totally panicked again because this is what this everybody kept saying to me before the play right as the playoffs were starting well the Cavs are going to be fine and I kept saying well what does fine mean does fine mean make the Eastern Conference Finals and lose it does fine mean make the NBA Finals and lose what does fine mean I don't know what fine means yeah I guess everyone's going to have a different definition of that and like you're going to dictate your happiness off of those expectations that you have of what they're going to do for the season um, at the end of the day and I'm sure we'll talk about this with Scott from waiting for next year at 8 but like at the end of the day one game is one game now to completely see your head in the sand and be like ah no everything's fine they're going to win the next four for sure that's crazy at the end of the day that's crazy I mean Kevin Love was just manhandled yesterday they just kept running pick and rolls at him and he couldn't do anything I mean just lose like literally just couldn't do anything about it. Um, you, you had George Hill play a bad game yesterday, but obviously most important, LeBron just did not perform yesterday. And he takes ownership of that, and that's one of the good things about, like you said, is having that guy on your team, is he takes ownership of it and should be able to, you know, shift out of it. Like, you know, game ones are, you know, game one, and you, you still have the opportunity to right the ship. And if they walk out of Boston one and one with home court advantage on their side, that's a win. That's good. But if, if 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 people are thinking after watching yesterday, like oh, pff, well, everything's gonna be like fine in the sense of like if they if if you genuinely think that it's just gonna be a breeze in the next four games, that's crazy. No, crazy. I, this game proved to me what I've been saying all along, which is the Cavs are exactly who I thought they are, which is one superstar player, nobody in charge at the top, and a bunch of meh in the middle of the roster. I'm not sure Kevin Love without LeBron James takes this team to the playoffs. I'm not sure he does. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't for sure, but I don't they might not be a playoff team without LeBron James. No, I think that's 100% fair to say. I don't even think that's a maybe. I think that's a yes. That's that's a, that's if uh, the the, ro- the roster constructed as as currently standing, of course they're not making the playoffs. No. See, I worry about that because this is what I've been saying all along about LeBron and his future. Where if that's true, I don't know what makes them stay. Now, I don't know for sure he's leaving. People are always on me, you know, you think you know. No, I'm just giving you my opinion. My opinion is I think LeBron leaves. 
Now, if you change that one way or the other, and, and again, people, I don't know why people expect, if you're on the radio, if you give out your opinion once, that it's in stone, that it's now in 11th commandment, and that I shall never change my opinion when you introduce new information into it. That's crazy. Yeah. But I- here's what I will say is that if you go to the NBA Finals and lose it, add a piece, and then you don't win, like then you got problems with the legacy. You do. People can say whatever they want. If he actually leaves, it buys him more time. Because what happens next year if you go to a, even to a great team and you don't pull it off, you know what people say? Ah, first year. No matter what happens outside of just winning titles for the next three consecutive years, there's problems with the legacy of LeBron James. There is. There's just no there's no denying it. Um, and whether they're fair or just or whatever, I, I mean, I guess you can look at each one and make your own individual assessment on. But, like, at the end of the day, he all he can do is put himself in the best position to win. If he decides that not, that's not with the Cavaliers, I necessarily can't look at it and be like, well, no, that's a crazy decision, LeBron. Because no, I mean you're 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 not winning. Like we've seen it. You you've kind of seen it. It feels like sands going through an hourglass. You know, at the end of last year's NBA Finals, I think everybody agreed the Cavaliers, as constructed with Kyrie Irving and the team that stood at that point, was not good enough to win the title. That was 100 percent fact, and they weren't closing the gap either. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, they weren't. Like there was nowhere for them to do it. The way that the the way that the the salary cap was constructed, the way that the team was constructed, they were not closing the gap. The Cavs had to do something, whether it was by Kyrie's trade or whatever. You know, they as long as and to me, and this is what what is fine mean. And I don't want to say I don't because it's not what I'm trying to say. Is like, well, as long as you do your best and you go out there. But, like, I just want these to be competitive basketball games that I can look back on and say, like, well, they wanted to win that game. Because yesterday it didn't look like they wanted to win. And when they came out in the third quarter and, 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 and they were flat, I walked away. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not spending the next hour and a half of my afternoon knowing that, like, this isn't going to happen. So, like, I, when he walks away, I can't fault him. You know, I, like... I, I I did it too. My favorite fo- my favorite moment of yesterday's game was when they're all on the sideline and LeBron has the entire team huddled up telling them what they're gonna do, and Ty Lewis six feet away trying to look over their shoulder at what they're doing. Again, I know I've been harping on this a lot, but for two seasons I've been telling you that's not a superstar coach. And if there's one thing you can knock LeBron for, and some people do this, and I don't think it happens enough, is you hear this a lot from LeBron supporters. You know, if he had Michael stability. If he had Michael's stability, how many titles would he have won? And this is the difference in Michael Jordan and LeBron James. When Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson, he was like, you know what? I'm good, bro. LeBron could have had the stability in Miami forever. He didn't want it. He could have had Eric Spolster, a very smart coach, and Pat Riley, a really, really smart GM. He didn't want it. He got tired of it. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Get me out of here. He always There's the one fair knock on LeBron. He always thinks he knows better. And... Here's what I would say is, maybe you do, but also you are inarguably the best basketball player we have seen since Michael Jordan, and most people for your talent are going to say you have under-delivered on your career, so do you know better? Maybe you don't. I, I think it's an interesting thought of would he be better off in Miami because I don't necessarily think so. 
I mean, I, I, I don't think that with Eric Spolscher and Pat Riley. All I'm inc- saying is, is that, dude, is that people keep telling me, oh, he's going to go to San Antonio because of Pop. He respects Pop. I don't think LeBron wants a really good, smart coach. I don't. I think he wants to be running it. I think he is that in his head about it. I think we, and again, you saw the two minute rundown yesterday where he could recite it word for word what happened. And it is. That's an impressive mental trait. And I'm not trying to knock it. It is impressive. But at the end of the day, I think it hinders him, and I think it hurts him, because I don't think he would want to play for a guy like Greg Popovich in San Antonio, because Popovich is going to demand him to do certain things, and if LeBron disagrees with it, he's not going to want to do it. He could have. He's the greatest basketball player in 20 years. If he wanted stability, he could have it. Teams would give him anything he wanted. He, If he wanted the stability like Michael had, he could have it. He doesn't want it. Every few years, he gets a little uneasy, a little unrest settles in LeBron. I got to go. I got to change. I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm chasing the ghost. He's got to stay. Dude, that's just who he is. He's shown us the model. He has shown us who he is for, what, 15, 16 years. Expecting him to do anything different than what he has done, I think, is a little crazy. Multiple shots at $1,000 all morning long. First one, right? Right now, your shot at one thousand dollars. Now, text the keyword "luck" to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's luck to two hundred two hundred. Rock one zero six nine one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock one zero six nine seven ten. Win yourself a thousand dollars. Eight o'clock. We'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Also, get you hooked up with a thousand dollars. And then nine thirty, we'll send you to see the Joe Rogan. His stand-up show, as uh, he'll be in town at the Key Bank State Theater September the 21st. These are beat the box office tickets, not even on sale yet. And you can win your way into the Joe Rogan Show coming up at 9.30. I can't wait to talk to Scott about what's going on with the Cavaliers, get his take on Tiger Woods yesterday. We'll get into that here in a little second, in one second ourselves. Jackson Township now, though, where police are are asking for our help. Um, Madison Marie Hartinson, uh, 17, was last seen on May 10th, so God, four days ago. Around 545, she was attending graduation at Stark State College. She's 5'2", weighs 105 pounds, has brown hair and eyes. Uh, has uh, She had on dark framed glasses. She was last seen wearing a purple tie-dyed shirt, gray pants, and white shoes. If you have seen her, know where she is. Please contact the Jackson Township Police Department. Again, that number is 330-832-1553. 330-832-1553. Man, I didn't realize she had been attending the graduation. It's, um, you know, with young people, it's always kind of like hard to tell of like, well, what's really going on here? Because you're at that age where you think you could just like... You know, well, I'm just leaving. You know yeah, what I'm but, saying? Dude, a young person not knowing where they are today, though, for four days mm-hmm. when everybody's check-in crazy and selfie crazy, like, that would be worrisome if, if it were me. For sure. And I, I think really what this boils down to is, like, I know somebody knows something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, it's so very rare. I feel like nobody knows anything. There's somebody out there yeah, that knows be. something, and you have, you have to speak up. Yeah, I, uh, I just... What a terrible thing that would be to be sitting there and just be wondering what's going on. Like the thought, the because when you don't know, your mind just runs. Oh, yeah. And then the creative processes and juices of your brain start going and you just start thinking of every 
terrible scenario there is. And like I said, four days with a young person, 17 years old, not checking in, not being selfie, not being on Snap or Instagram and all that would be very, very worrisome if it were me. I would be a little worried about that. I, um, I, I, I can only imagine how they feel. I want to make sure we get this number out here one more time. 330-832-1553. So you just sent me this, and I haven't had a chance to really read it or digest it much. Okay. But it turns out um, being talented may run in the family. As Celine Dion's son. Oh, geez. Renee Charles is a uh, up-and-coming rapper, they say, under the name Big Tip. It's her oldest son. He's officially entered the rap game and is already at the top of the R&B and soul chart for new and hot on, uh, on SoundCloud, which is like a website where people who will never be professional rappers go and exchange their mixtapes. Um, 17-year-old Renee Charles uh, is rapping under the name Big Tip. And he says, raps to the weekend's track Sidewalks. Oh, okay, okay. I know that song. I uh, He looks like... I don't know if you know like the new music, new hip hop scene. He looks a little G Easy ish, where it's like he's gonna be like a white kid, little long like hair, straggly hair, probably gonna be doing that whole thing. It would have to be hard to step out of your family's shadows, right? Well, yeah, I mean, and certainly if your mom's Celine Dion, who at the end of the day is certainly a very, very talented artist, but has become somewhat of a punchline in the world. I think you know, I think she's just very like. She was singing so much for a while that on her days off, she wouldn't answer the phone. She wouldn't talk in her house because of how much, how much live performing she was doing that she could not risk her voice. Like her residency in Vegas, like Jesus, like you could not get tickets to see her. Like that show was massive. Do you have some of it? Do we have him? Yeah, it's him right here. Oh, I'm going to get to hear Renee Charles. Celine Dion's son. Big tip. Yeah. We'll say yeah. I mean, you have to do that. Big tip. Uh. Yeah, let's go. I ran out of tears when I was 16. So you bullshit don't. Oh, hey, probably don't need that. Probably don't need that one. Eh, Sorry about that. I got it. We probably should have previewed that one there a little bit. Um, geez. Yeah. Uh, Celine Dion's son rapping that. See, here's what I find interesting about this. Because wasn't it was Tom Hanks's son was doing this too, right? Wasn't his youngest son? Yeah, one of his kids. And I think at this point, really what this boils down to, it'd be hard to step out from behind your parent because they're in such a you know a prominent spot. But at the same time, you get these opportunities because your mom has a studio. You know what I'm saying? You get to grow well, up and, indul- and indulge into your your musical taste because it's like, well, you don't have anything else to do. You know what I'm saying? Your mom's a multimillionaire. You've got the ability, and and and, and I'm sure the reason why he's a SoundCloud rapper and, and is on top of the charts is because he has marketing behind him. He has some somebody there pushing it. Like where if you're just you know trying to establish yourself as a rapper, it's like I got to go to work. 
Yeah, I would imagine that's definitely true. But I mean, that's the thing about studios in your houses these days is that you don't have to be Celine Dion's kid. Like, I mean, legitimately, you go pull a couple of shifts at Target and you could put a studio in your house where you could be a SoundCloud. Rapper. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's available to you. It's just going to be a much easier road when you've got, you know, people giving it to well, you. Well, there are people, there are celebrity kids who claim the opposite, though. There are celebrity kids who say, you know what, I get I get tossed in the garbage bin automatically because you're like, oh, okay, because your mom's famous, you think we're just going to do this. So, like, I, I think it could go either way there. But the 40 seconds I got to hear, a big tip, I got to tell you, I didn't, I, I'm not arguing for him being a star. That's not what I'm saying, just because I, I didn't hear that. I uh, I think we have room on New Tour Tuesday. Maybe we could try to get him in. Yeah, right? well, let's edit it. Maybe. No, not maybe. Let's edit that and let's get that on for New Tour Tuesday tomorrow. Let's do that. That should act. That should absolutely happen. Be interested to find out what's going on with uh, with Big Tip. And I wonder if Ti is going to have a problem with that. Tip's kind of like one of his alter egos. How does that work? How, do, how, how does that work when the rappers all got seven thousand names and you're infringing? I think Ti wins that fight. It, do, do you? Be interested. I think Big Tip's probably got a better rap career ahead of him than than Ti. I'm not sure Ti can stack up. To the, to the monstrous hits coming out of Celine Dion's basement. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. Your shot at $1,000, 7.10 on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 9.30, we'll pass out those Joe Rogan tickets. He's playing the Key Bank State Theater September the 21st. Tickets not even officially on sale yet. You'll beat the box office with us at 9.30. We'll also talk to Scott coming up 8 o'clock. He's from waitingfornextyear.com. Get his take on yesterday's Cavs game. Look ahead at game two tomorrow, still in Boston. Another huge thing in the sports world happened yesterday. Actually, it happened all weekend long. Uh, the Players' Championship and Tiger Woods, and I may have been a little wrong on this. Uh, I, I was a little cool on Tiger's return to professional golf. Um, because we've seen an attempt before, and I have maintained for a while now that Tiger's problems are not physical. That yes, I know he's had the knee surgeries, he's had the back issues, I know it. But I have maintained for a while that his problem was mental. There was part of it was these young kids are hitting it a mile. The other part was he's showing up to golf courses and he can hear the snickering underneath people's breaths about his, you know, about his indiscretions. And dude, it plays in your head. Now, golf's obviously a a multi, you know, faceted sport there where you've got to have multiple, you know, the long ball matters, but every step after it matters too. Um, But is there something about like when dudes just crush the ball, you feel emasculated, you feel like son of a bitch, man, that guy just got behind it. He was the long hitter, though. And here's the reason is he was the guy who made everybody feel like, oh, God, we can't hit it far enough anymore. They had to tiger proof the masters. They had to make that course longer to tiger proof it. And now, because of how popular Tiger was, all these young kids hit the ball two miles because the the change in technology, and they realize people want to hit it long. And so guys like Dustin Johnson are, like, hitting it, I mean, months. I mean, dude, young kids. Smiley Kaufman it weighs, like, 140 pounds. A kid had a drive the other day at, like, 311. I mean, it's these kids are hitting it miles long. That was part of it. But more than that, it was he knows what people are saying about him 
behind the ropes. He knows what the officials at the courses are saying. What the what what the you know the people who volunteer who walk you back and forth to the hole. He knows what's going on, and his secret got exposed. And when you live with a secret forever, you're terrified it's going to get exposed. And then when it does, when you're one of the biggest stars on the face of the planet, the most dominant athlete. Guys, I've been trying to tell you, Tiger Woods is the most dominant athlete you've seen. LeBron's not even close. It's one of these things where, dude, you've been knocked down and mentally you're trying to get it back. So he's thinking about all of that while trying to get his golf game back on track, and it wasn't going to work. It was never going to work like that. You just needed a little bit of time for some separation, and we're starting to see it. And I have said, once he started to play a little bit well, I said, ah, he'll win tournaments. I'm not sure he could win a major. Now, the players is not a major, but it is considered to be the fifth major. Players on the tour want to win this tournament as bad as they want to win a major because the field is always so good. But Tiger, I mean, the one-day duty went out and shot, should have been nine under, made bogey, I think, at 15 and ended up at eight under. And I think he went again close to eight under yesterday. He was, dude, he was tied for second on Sunday for a while. Now, tied for second didn't mean much yesterday because Webb Simpson pretty much went wire to wire and was like six strokes ahead of everybody for most of the day. So he was never really a threat to get there. But if he can be on the final page of the leaderboard on Sunday in a tournament this big, I may have to walk it back. Tiger Woods might be able to win another major. And he's only got four more to go to tie the title, to, to, to tie Jack Nicholas for the record. Yeah, I mean, certainly a game that you can put a lot of years into. So I think to say, to say that, like, well, he'll never get that four is kind of crazy. I mean, certainly you can, you know. Well, there's four a year, too. Yeah. And so, I mean, so if you rip off a couple of good years and you win one a year, I mean, he's definitely got three, four more years in him for sure. So I guess with that being said, I just wonder if being in striking distance is going to be good enough for the general populace. You know what I'm saying? For well, it's like already most- good enough. It's already good enough for Nike's apparel all up. It's already good for TaylorMade's clubs, all up. Already good for Bridgestone's golf balls, which he plays, all up. I hear most of the around the country that 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 golf, like uh, you know, the, like tee times scheduling, all up. T, uh, TV ratings are all up already. I mean, dude, he is. I don't know what it is, and I've been saying this for a while about this sport. I understand most people find it to be an abomination and boring on television, and I get that. I really, really do. It's not that I don't understand it. What I don't understand is people who go, oh, my God, Tigers has hit a ball 210 yards and put it to six feet. And you think that's awesome. And yet three guys behind it, when Jordan Spieth does it, you don't. That's what I don't get. It's not that you think jumping from the foul line is awesome and dunking from one guy and you don't think it's cool when another guy does it. But yet golf is this sport. Tiger does it. I like it. Tiger doesn't. I don't I that I don't even want, I don't want to watch anybody even else attempt it. That's what I don't understand. Is that if you're a basketball fan, yes, you'd rather watch a, a game with Steph or LeBron in it, but you'll still watch basketball games. Where people who casually watch golf, it's like, well, dude, if Tiger's not playing, I don't care at all and I don't get it. And it's got to be the race thing, but I don't understand why. Did you really think skin color was going to prevent a guy from hitting a ball 189 yards? I think I think that's a part of it. it. I think that's a part of it, but I think there's also a little bit of just kind of like the representation of who he is. And like, I think that when you do something first, or at least what's perceived as first, where you're the trailblazer and you're still out there, I think guys who come behind you, even if they're doing it as well as or even better than, are still kind of looked at as like, 
I don't want to say knockoffs, but a little bit of like you're not the real McCoy there. Yeah, but then wouldn't that have been true of Tiger? I mean, again, he hasn't even hit the major record by Jan, you know, by Nicholas. So, like, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand people who are like, no, I think the sport's stupid all the way around, but if this one guy's doing it, then I'm watching it. Like, that, I, that's what I don't understand, is that it, it's an interesting look into race in this country a little bit, I think. Because why does it have to be if it's a black dude? Because you're in your mind. I'll tell you what it is. In your mind, you think black shouldn't play golf. Not that you maybe they shouldn't, but that you don't think they have the opportunity to. Or oh my god, aren't most places racist and going to tell them not to be on the course and like things like that? And in reality, yes, honestly, when Tiger was coming up, it was a lot like that, and there was a lot of resistance when he first came out of the tour. People did say, oh, maybe was he going to do have fried chicken at the Masters dinner? I mean, people did say stuff like that. But that's what it is. But I don't understand. Like that's what I just don't understand. If it's impressive when Tiger does it, then I don't understand how it's not supposed to be impressive when Dustin Johnson does it. Like some of these kids, like they're not going to be any better than Tiger. But they're doing things on the course. Like Dustin Johnson has done things on a golf course Tiger Woods can't do. Like that is true. There have been things that have been done that Tiger can't do. So if you're impressed, I just that's what I don't. I can't wrap my head around it. I wish I knew what it was, but I can't for the life of me figure out where it's like, dude. It has to be this one guy or I'm not interested at all. But I think he might, I mean, dude, he said yesterday, I'm very close to being back in winning shape. I'm very close to winning a golf tournament, and I think he might be right. His, honestly, his attack of that course, and it's difficult as it can be, and it was, and the conditions were this week, I can't believe he played as well as he did. Like the sport may be ready for a total resurgence if he can find his game and start to win tournaments. Your shot at a thousand dollars next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. About to hook you up with a thousand dollars here momentarily, but first, got to tell you about James King, who had been working at a resort in Grenada, and this was uh, years ago, and a woman sat down. On one of the, like the lounge chairs at this resort he was working at, and she was large, and so she went right through the chair itself. Jeez, that's not where I thought you were going with this. Now you got to be pretty big to break furniture. At my heaviest, I was never a threat to break furniture. Yeah, I mean you can point to like, well, that chair was messed up, but most times, yeah, dude, if you're that fat, like that's, I mean, that that's a concerning amount of weight on you, right? Like you're three plus at that point, yes. minimum. I have a thyroid issue. No, yeah, I'm sure you maybe you do. You also have a spoon issue. Let's just let's just we're let's we're gonna keep it real in here. Okay. You ha- you also have a spoon sugar issue, right? So we heard this woman. You know, um, screaming, obviously feeling terrible about herself as everybody up and down the beach is laughing at her. And then sure enough, what'd the hotel do? Turn around and charge her 150 bucks for the chair she broke. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going to happen. Right. It's not their fault. It is not the hotel's fault that you're, that, that you're, you know, 200 pounds overweight. It's not their fault. It's your fault. That would really suck on vacation, too. Like, don't get me wrong. If you're so fat, you're breaking chairs, like, that's going to suck. That's always going to be like a son of a bitch moment. But you're on vacation. You know what I mean? You got the steel drum band playing. You just, you know, that would just be terrible. So James King, being smart and being an entrepreneur, said, you know what? Why am I working at a resort? When when I have seen the way you know certain people get treated, what I'll do is I'll create a resort, and he's created a resort for plus size people, plus size people only. Now 
I don't know if there will be a discrimination issue somewhere down the line. My guess is probably, yeah, I would think so. Although my guess is he probably won't turn you away. This is, you know, he won't have to turn you away because then people are like, well, dude, I'm not going to Fat Island. I don't want to be in Fat Island, right? So Mm. he's now opening the resort for you, the first all-inclusive hotel that caters specifically to overweight and obese people. Now, they, of course, love this. And he'll make sure at his resort that you can't break the furniture. They have strong wood furniture can hold up to 560 pounds. Now, somebody there is going to be able to break chairs there. You got to be honest with you. Well, if you get into a fat contest, yes, eventually someone's going to be able to do that. One guest, a 375 pound woman from Texas told him that being able to feel normal even for a little while was way beyond a gift. Now hearing now here comes another issue. There are going to be body people, there are going to be workout people, fitness enthusiasts who tell you that nobody should be catering to you to feel normal at 375 pounds. That you should feel abnormal yeah. because you are in fact under the definition of the word abnormal. Yeah, I mean, I think more and more of us are are, are um, becoming that, that type of abnormal, but yes, you are abnormal. That there is something that, that there are going to be people who pose this as a problem. That this is, instead of, and it, this would be like saying, right? Wouldn't this be a lot like saying... Don't give drug. Don't go to. Don't go to. You know passages to give up drugs. Come here and do all the drugs. Well, but I mean, isn't that we're, what we're not doing here? Is we're not addressing an underlying issue of why you are this way. Instead of going, don't change who you are. We'll cater to this. I guess as the business owner, I'm not responsible for you. No, you're not. You know what I'm saying? Not like, at all. I'm I, I'm here to cater to you. And if this is what the lifestyle that you want to live, and you're certainly entitled to, then I'm gonna I'm gonna make my money off of that. That's if my issue's not with him, and neither will be like the fitness people. What they're going, their issue will be with you. Instead of seeking people out who are looking to basically cash in off of your inability to change the things about you you do not like, because nobody wants to be 375 pounds. I don't care what they tell you. Nobody wants to be like that, right? And so instead of changing yourself, stop seeking this out. Now, I don't have an issue. I live in the the free world. So, dude, if you want to be 375 pounds, you want to go to the resort full of 375 people, you go, dude. You go do you. I don't care. Do you really think that nobody wants to be that? Nobody wants to be 375 pounds. No. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it, no, I think what happens is, is dude, you start going down the path, you start going, ah, whatever. And then you get to the place of being 375 pounds and you say to yourself, Oh, it's not so bad. I'll be all right. I can do this. And you're just, this is just going to be, kinda, and you're, okay. you're selling yourself on your, on the fact that you're okay with it. As a guy who constantly will sell himself on the fact that he's okay with stuff that he's not, I know I do. You can recognize this stuff in other people. Nobody would. Do you think that woman from Texas wants to be almost 400 pounds? I, mean, I think some people just don't care necessarily, and like they don't necessarily care that they're if, losing what well, we view th- as quality of life or length of life or anything well, like that. Well, my thing is is that if you didn't care, then you wouldn't seek out a plus-size-only resort because of, the, because of what other people think about you when you're in a bathing suit. I think you still care and uh, want to be catered to in the sense of like you still 
you don't want people necessarily well, mocking you, but well, I, I don't think you necessarily care about like the negative like repercussions of like your health and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You don't want to be. Yeah, made- but you still care about the fact that you're 375 pounds. But I don't care which part of it you care about, whether it be heart failure or whether or not what somebody else thinks about you. You care about the fact that you're 375 pounds. Is that can I care that I'm being laughed at as opposed to or I care that like this this toilet's yes, not big enough for me? Keep going down the line. What are you being laughed at over? It's being 375 pounds. So ultimately, X equals you are not okay being 375 pounds. Nobody wants to be this weight, and if you did, you wouldn't seek out a a resort. You know, solely based for this, you wouldn't. You would be like, well, I'm going to sandals. What do I care what that, what the skinny broad next to me thinks? I'm comfortable in my own, comfortable in your own body and your own skin. People don't seek out the fat only resort. Uh, yeah, I, 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 get, I get where you're coming from. I just think that with something as, as complex as like body issues and the way that people look at themselves, I think, I think there's enough people out there who feel like I'm big, I'm beautiful, I don't care what you think. I still don't want to be made a mockery. I think it's no, see. I I I I really do think it's a mixture of what we're both saying. I think there are people who yes, like that Ashley. I forget her last name, but that, that plus size model. What yeah, Ashley Graham, Graham was think, it? Yeah. And she's hot, man. That chick's totally sexy, right? But, well, but hold on. But there's. I think there's. I think this is what happens. I think there are heavy people who go, dude. I'm big. I'm beautiful, and this and that. But behind it all, but behind every dude, when they're at home alone with it, alone by themselves. They do wish. I wish I didn't have to be this version of beautiful. I, I guess this is kind of like uh, the big and tall section where it's like, yeah, you might not necessarily love the fact that you made it there, but the fact that it exists for you and makes your life easier, you're still going to indulge in it. You know what I mean? Again, and indulge is the right word. Notice, these, and this is what fitness people are going to say. This is why this problem isn't getting better, because we're not allowed to judge these people the way we judge heroin addicts. That 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 this is because we're giving them big and tall stores. We're giving you all you can eat restaurants. We're giving you fat resorts. They're like that's that's why this problem is not getting better. Is because you're not allowed to like firmly say to people what are you doing. So, I, I, but those things should all exist, right? I mean, like those. Yes, all I, and- I mean, dude, you got to clothe people. You know what I mean? And like I said, I don't care if this guy opens this resort. I don't have to go, and nobody I know has to go. Nobody has to go. You want to go? Go. I don't care. All I'm saying is that there's another side of this argument which is dude maybe catering to this is how we got here versus if we were judging this the way we did smokers in public the way we did heroin addicts then we would have a different problem we would have a different issue i said this last week on the show until you start to look at sugar the way you look at heroin the obesity problem in america is never getting better ever it is a drug it is hurting and destroying you I, uh, I think this is a winning idea from his oh, perspective. Dude, a home I, run. I think you're going to see more and more and more of this in more and more different places. You, I think like, I'm shocked you don't see restaurants with like bigger booths and like, you know, movie theaters with bigger seats and airlines with bigger seats promoting themselves as eh. like, hey, this is for. Airlines, I could maybe see that. The restaurant thing, I think, dude, people are still going to drive by, honk their horn and laugh. The thing about a resort is once you're on the resort, you're on the resort. So like nobody knows where you're going when you put you know what I mean when you're flying on the plane this and that and once you're at the resort you're at it. 
I and uh, you know what I mean. I know what people are going to say. You know, like-minded people are going to find one another. They're going to fall in love, and it's all fine. You're right. I don't care. Eat as many Twinkies as you want. Die of a heart attack at 45. I don't care. Not even a little bit. I won't even do shed not a single tear. But there is an argument to this. Of is this why we can't fix this problem? Because we don't get staunch with it. Because it's considered to be like, well, food. You kind of need it. Right? You kind of need it. You don't need cigarettes. You don't need opiates. But you need food. So it's okay that people eat things that they shouldn't. That's why we are here. That's why. That's essentially what I'm saying. Is that's why we're here. It's a winning idea. James King came up with a killer idea. And five years ago, I would have booked a trip. Luckily for me, I don't feel like I have to do that any longer. And ultimately, I think that that's what those people would really wish to have. And that maybe they should try to find the motivation to find that. Your shot at $1,000 every single hour on the program. First one is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock. 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 1069. I apologize. We uh, had a uh, we had a technical difficulty and the wrong keyword had been aired. So I want to make sure you guys have this keyword right. It is luck is the word you were texting in for your thousand dollars for this hour. It is luck. And uh, we have made sure that the keywords for the rest of the day are in fact right, appropriate, ready to go. Um, this is one of those moments where I wish I could tell you the truth because it wasn't Fantone mm-hmm. and it wasn't me who mm-hmm. screwed up and I want to jump up and down on the person who did, but I'm choosing not to right now. Uh, just the fact that it was not our fault, I feel victorious in as always. As soon as I started getting those messages, I was like, oh, dude, did I mess something up? Did I mess something up? Because usually it's me. Uh, but no, it's all right. We didn't do it. I think it's pretty safe to say that when talking about sex... That if you listen to this show a lot, you have figured out by now that neither Fantone nor myself are what you would call prude. No. And that um, so we're not adverse to kink. <laughs> we're not adverse to kink. We're, we we kind of like it, right? We're both we're both. You're just honestly a little a little bit of well dirty is what I, would say. I think I think I think most people probably you know at the very least have a little you know more kink in them than they let fly that you know but I guess most people don't have the you know the platform to put it out there because like dude if you're one of those people who is overtly sexual on your Facebook page just on your first you know personal social media I always give you that side eye but for some reason or another for me to say it like on the radio to thousands and thousands of people it's like nah that's not a big deal but you say it on Facebook Facebook, that's like, oh my god. That's true. I do that too. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, why are you being so overtly sexual right yeah, now? Yeah, like that's, dude, it's very off-putting and it's like, I don't know, dude, have you heard yourself before? <laughs> now, this is not your current girlfriend. I don't oh. want to do this, but when, like the first month we were on the air here at Rock 106.9, my boss freaked out and was worried he was going to have to yank the show off the air because Matthew Fantone had been dating and we're going to use that word loosely, another woman when we first started the program, and you had uh, told a story, and I feel like I can tell this story because you already told yeah, it, about how you were uh, you were, you were were being intimate with this woman, and you had um, spit into her mouth. It was one of those things, I think we were talking about, like, consent and lines and people's, like, you know, sometimes you'll go too far and not necessarily know that that was a line for that person. In retrospect, that, that was a pretty clear, obvious <laughs> line, right? 
pretty fond of that one, okay. right? All so right. my All boss, right. being a little bit of a prude himself, a little bit, and it's his job to make sure things aren't going sideways in here, was like, uh, let's wait a little while before we're that honest. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have an adult in the room every now and then. Every now and again, right? So I bring this up to 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 uh, alert you to an article I read this morning. Okay. And I have here percentages of men who have fantasized about these certain things while being intimate with themselves. Okay? Okay. Now, again, we are no strangers to Pornhub okay. or X videos. We, uh, we have perused these sites thoroughly, and they are safe for public consumption, I feel like. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Not at work, okay? But when I read this, I feel like I am way more of a prude than I thought I was or that I think I am. Okay. I'm way more of a prude, obviously, because I'm just not getting this adventurous in my fantasy. See, that's what I was going to say, though, is that like fantasy and reality, we have to be able to separate the two. But there's also the when you when you talk about like fantasy. Is this something that you're reaching climax to imagining, or is this something that just kind of crept into your head once and it's like, because those are two different things to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to think about it once and like, oh, I don't know, maybe I would be into this, versus like if you're looking video, looking up videos for this or like you're, you know, imagining it all the time, those are two different things. 28% of men, Fantone, 28% yeah. okay. of men have fantasized about having sex with a non sexual object. So my guess is like what? Like furniture, chair, your car? Ooh. Your car? Ooh. I mean what else? What else what else are you banging out that you're really thinking about? I, I would assume sex dolls don't necessarily fall into that no. category um because those are a sexual object, but uh... Now this one I'm not as shocked about, but I haven't hadn't thought of it, but 30% of men have fantasized about being forced to have sex. Now, I'm not shocked about that because, again, there is a population, not that men, certain men have been forced to have sex. I'm not going to say that. But there's, dude, women have this as as an issue for them where it's like rape is an honest to God real right. issue for them. And I think sometimes maybe men are like, you know, dude, taboo comes into sex a oh, lot. Of course. And so you're thinking, you know what? This isn't really th- something that's ever going to really be a part of my life. And so you start thinking about it. I could see that. I think with so many men, um, um, you know, obviously, like masculinity is very defined in you being the person who takes charge and playing playing command. So I think it's always the the concept of you giving up power and you being the one who has to submit. I think that will always be a very common fetish for dudes. This is a scary number. Forty eight percent of men have fantasized about touching a total stranger in public like a subway situation see that i don't get this this is what i'm always saying i always talk about this you know because i bartend a concert club like guys who will walk through a crowd and grab a chick's ass i don't get that like i just don't get why that's appealing to you what you get out of that what it's obviously not doing anything for her like i don't get that at all so guys are fantasizing about being the perpetrator here i 48 percent of respondents that's a a lot of dudes that's alarming right that's honestly that's something i've never thought of but like i guess in like a 
what do I want to say, in a controlled environment of of you set this up with your girlfriend or whatever, where you guys are at a concert together, you act like you don't know each other, maybe Oh, yeah, that, something. or do a little role play but, out in public with your partner, I get all that. But it's just like voyeurism, where it's like, if, 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 if you're watching a video that was produced to look that way, fine, but if you're honestly going and engaging in that, you're getting into criminal behavior there, like, oh, you're you, 100%. Yeah. yeah. 16% of men have fantasized about watching two men have sex, even though only 12% identified that as gay or bisexual or themselves (laughs) as gay or bisexual. No, it's gay. Two men making love is gay. That's the definition. It's all right. You're allowed to call it gay. That's what it is. I don't know why people would be afraid to do that. 9% of men have fantasized about urinating on their partner. I'm surprised that's not higher. Me too. I'm surprised that's not higher. I am too. 10% of men have fantasized about a partner uh, urinating on them. Um, once again, I'm surprised that's not higher. That's just another taboo thing. Like, not my cup of tea, but I know more than enough people who are like, yeah, sure. I mean, there's more, you know, there's more enough proof of it. 52% of men have fantasized about having a relationship with a woman with very small breasts. That worries me too. Not, I mean, look, everybody's into their own thing. I, I like hips and, and, and ass. That's just my thing, right? And not to say that a, a woman with very small breasts has to be prepubescent but I, I i just worry of it's like well why why like dude i got a buddy um, who likes his girlfriends to look like they're like 17 and it's like why why do they gotta look young like that yeah i mean i know what you, I, I i know what you're getting at there but i think that's a part of sexual relationships there where like older dudes just are always going to have a thing for younger chicks i think that's just human nature almost well yeah i mean as a guy who's afflicted with it i i, I cannot deny that but again i feel like that's going out of your way to make sure they 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 look as young as humanly possible. Isn't like shaving the same thing though? Where it's yeah, like yeah, and again, I've 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 said I was like, dude, it may it, it sometimes it does. It's like, why do I like this? I'm saying shaving legs, dude. Like, I mean, an adult woman by all by all means should have body hair. Like, you're an adult that you you know. So why is it like legs? Ah, eh, that's fine. It's genitals. All of a sudden, it's weird, and then it's you know, it, it's just a weird line. It's a weird line, but I like that that weird line. I think the line is just fine where it is. Absolutely. 40. So, yeah, we already talked about touching a stranger in public. This is really strange. Really strange. 60. I just would have never thought about this. And I wouldn't have thought that, that this many men would have been honest and, and admitted this. I'm almost proud of guys that you're willing to, that this many men were willing to admit this. But 64% of men have fantasized about being masturbated by an acquaintance. Now, I guess I'm reading that as acquaintance man, man there, but maybe I guess if you're, if you're saying an acquaintance, that could just be like a woman you work with. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Acquaintance could, could be anybody. But if you were going to be fantasizing about that, wouldn't you fantasize about having sex? sex with yeah. That what, is, what, what is the, what is the masturbation a- aspect there of like, that's, man, I just want the eighth grade treatment. You know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> that's why I think acquaintance does mean, I don't know, man. That is very strange. I've never once thought to myself while hanging out with my buddy, you know what would be great right now? (laughs) I think I've never thought that. This is the last one, and you saved the best for last. And again, I was very surprised to find this out. That 29% of men, although, dude, you got to realize, I mean, I guess a lot of gay guys have probably were in this study too, right? And they're probably not going to have this, right. a fear of this issue as much as I would. But 29% of men have fantasized about being ejaculated on. I mean, it's, although, I mean, there's female ejaculation, you could do that. 
right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, I mean, is this, is that exclusively a homosexual thing there? When I read it, that's the way I, right? Does it, do you think, how do you think they meant it? Um, I, I definitely think that guys have that fantasy of female ejaculation. So I think a lot of dudes have been like, man, I wish my wife could do this. So I don't think that's necessarily out of the question. Well, I hate to tell those guys that your woman can do that. All women can do that. Your woman is sitting there going, man, I really wish my husband could provide me with this. Um, you do have the ability. It's harder in some women than others. But I, I, but from what I've been told, the science tells us that they are, in fact, all absolutely 100% capable of it. Again, your keyword is luck for your $1,000 this hour. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. You guys hang on. The Sansbury Show. I have got get in on this rock 1069 welcome back to the sansbury show we're on rock 1069 we'll talk to scott from winning for next year.com get his take on the Cavs' loss last night whether or not he's optimistic about game two which is tomorrow evening and game one golden state houston tonight i'm actually more excited to see that i felt like the Cavs would lose game one in boston but i'm very interested to see how this Golden State Houston series uh, shakes out. I'm very interested to see what happens here with James Harden. Golden State in six. That's probably a good bet. Yeah, that's a good bet. I'm interested to see how James Harden steps up in this series. Very interested. I think there's a good. I mean, I don't. Think, I shouldn't say good chance, but I think there's a chance Houston can win. I don't think they will, but I think they could beat the Warriors. Yeah. I don't think they will. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'll agree with you that there's a chance. I just I don't I don't I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening either. But I, I but it could happen, and I think it would be really really good for the NBA if it did happen. We were talking about amateurism. I don't know about a week and a half ago. How it's kind of like crept in and every business, and it kind of started with I don't know if it started here, but I know one of the. the one of the businesses I noticed it in first was the news. The news was like one of the first things to go amateur. Send us your storm video. Send us right. your weather pictures. And we'll, you know, we'll tag you in them, right? And that was the whole thing. And it was and I remember thinking to myself, like, do you guys got cameraman? Get out there. <laughs> show, show me the weather. Why am I doing your job for you and not getting paid? Why why is that happening? Right? And so I've always worried about this kind of stuff. And now out of Colorado, a woman is claiming that a company took her idea from a contest they ran ran with it, and then didn't pay her out. And now in the day and age of social media, this will be easier to catch companies doing these kinds of things. But back in the day, like I remember back in the, like in the day, it'd be like, name this flavor or like name this. And it'd be like, why are you, why am I going to go through and submit all these things to the company that they're going to send me a letter and reject and then three years later end up using and I'm going to get screwed. And this happened with a woman and Oreo cookies. She said she had submitted an idea for an Oreo cookie flavor which they had been doing a promotion for. Okay. Taylor Young of Lone Tree, Colorado had the idea. She claims for cherry cola flavored Oreos. She goes, it was really exciting. And I got an immediate response from the company. She said shortly after I got a little box with two cherry cola cookies in it. And it said, we uh, received a note, which said, dear Taylor, thanks for sending us your idea. We thought it was so delicious. We turned this into a one of a kind creation just for you. She was all excited because the winning flavor would end up getting $500,000. From what I can tell, I was the first person to tweet that idea, she said. But then she goes, it took a serious turn. Oreo stopped communicating with her altogether. And then in December, sure enough, 
Cherry Cola cookies, Oreo-flavored cookies, are on the shelf. So she said, I reached out, and she said, I'm seeing that I, you know, my cookie idea won. I won, right? My idea won. And they responded by saying Cherry Cola was already in development, so it wasn't her idea. It was Oreos. And I'm telling you, of course this is what these places are going to do, right? Yeah. And I guess really if there's only one winner, was there another one that like, because if if you get three awesome ideas and you say, okay, well then you know what we're going to do, whatever, we'll do, you know, mint flavored Oreos as the winner. Is there anything stopping you from doing cherry cola no. ones? So like, no, and that's and that's why they're in the right, and that's why I gotta tell you, I wouldn't do stuff like this. I wouldn't. You know, what I mean? like think about think about that. If you can't, if you had the one idea, right, that panned out, and you didn't get paid. My whole thing is is like the or the people at Oreo. You guys can't come up with these ideas at your own, of your own. Like, does it really take you somebody to be like, "Hey, we want you know pumpkin you know, spice flavored Oreos"? Like, nah, did that did that really take a, a contest? Like, well, you know why? Because it, it's again, this is why we do music testing. Did we really need to reach out to people and find out if they want to hear "Under the Bridge" by Red Hot Chili Peppers? No. But at the end of the day, what happens is is you get the same ten people in a room. They're the same ten people making the decision. They get they always make the same decision, and they think. And then somebody goes, "Let's do cherry cola cookies." And then somebody goes, "You're an idiot. Nobody in public would actually eat that." And they go, "Oh yeah." And then that's what happened. And then so they got to go to you. I would just think, I, I would just honestly think at this point, you would have a list of all the flavors. <laughs> like, And I know it's a broad spectrum there, but like you'd have a list of all the flavors, test out each one and see what works, see what doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see why you're offering $500,000 for somebody to tell you like, oh yeah, we want double fudge Oreos. Well, like, okay. <laughs> well, again, it's so you're talking to your friends about Oreos. You're getting the Oreo name out there. What's happening right now for Oreos? Like, I, I mean, that's why ultimately but it's the same reason why we do music testing we know what's good and what's not good but ultimately you check with your fan base just to be sure that what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing now i know what a lot of you are thinking please no more red hot chili peppers and ironically that's what i'm thinking as well scott from winning for next year.com and a thousand dollars up for grabs next on rock 106.9 the stansberry show that guy knows how to party rock 106.9 show rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, where you can win yourself $1,000. But first, we need to talk to our good buddy, Scott, from winningfornextyear.com. Buddy, how are you? Doing well, man. Thank you. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing all right. So, game one, Cavs-Celtics. Now, I assumed, me personally, I don't know if I had said it on the air, but I kind of thought the Cavs would come out, and I don't know if I would say be flat, but I figured they would lose game one at the Garden. Um, do you feel differently about this series at all, given the fashion in which they lost? I think, what was it, 83-108 or something like that? No, I mean, it's just one game. And again, it was very similar to how they came out against Indiana. Um, I think anybody who thought it was going to be as easy of a series as Toronto, I think, is going to feel differently today, and, and rightfully so. Um, but they were they were the ones on the wrong side of that to begin with. I mean, this is going to be a good series. Bray Stevens is a good coach. Boston plays terrific defense. So the Cavs need to figure it out. I don't know if it's tape. I don't know if it's just as easy as, you know, hitting your shots. Because, if you know, we've talked about it many times. They miss those open threes. That other team gets running in the in the, in the in transition, and the, and the Cavs don't have the uh, the horses to stop. So it's, you know, if a couple of those go down early, uh, instead of starting two for 13 or whatever they did, uh, you know, that first quarter might have been a little different. But I would I would expect them to not – shoot that way in game two now whether that means 
they could do enough to uh, to come out with a win or not uh, is I guess to be seen. But no, I don't I don't think the the fashion because once once things get out of hand, um, you know, you really can't judge the final score. No, in the NBA, things can get away from you really quick. Yeah. People- uh, so let me ask you this though, because I, I and and I think this is what we're going to be faced with. This roster without LeBron James, is it a playoff roster? The Cavs roster? Yeah. No, no chance. Okay, see, so this is what I'm saying. So then sell me on why on why he's coming back. <laughs> I mean, sell me. I mean, what, yeah. what, it is, I mean, what is it? I, I mean, I cannot see what it is people see that go, yep, no, he's going to come back. I don't see it. Well, the, the, the issue is it's not a playoff roster without him because the roster is built around him. You know, you're, you, you, you're, you, you, you win and you flourish and you, and you can potentially contend for a title because you're surrounding one of the best isolation players in the history of basketball with, with a bunch of shooters. Um, now, at the end of the day, if you take away that isolation player and all you have are those shooters, it's easy to defend. And, and that's, that, that, that kind of recipe is not going to, you know, to, to, to make a, or to, Make or succeed in the postseason. I mean, so that, so I mean, that's how you sell it on him. I mean, the the the, the roster's built for him. Um, you know, I I don't know if you could, you know, other teams could do it. Um, you know, Philly's got a ton of shooters. Uh, they could, you know, you know, essentially say, hey, look, we already have these three point shooters in JJ Redick and and Covington and and who else? But we, by the way, we also have two of the youngest, you know, stars in, in the league as well. So I mean, that that that's the uphill battle the Cavs are going to be faced with. But I mean. I don't. I don't know if you want. I mean, are just uh, is it a loss that's making you wonder if, if he's coming back or not? Because I no, mean, that's no, a conversation I, that I think we should be saving for July. No, I mean, I, I said it last season. He's he's done. It's out. I thought he felt. I have said from the beginning. I felt like he came back here, thought he was going to be able to rip off two really easy with Kyrie Irving. Didn't go that way. It was like, all right, well, now we got to rethink and let me get out of here. And but I, I I think he's out. I you know Broussard was making a great argument on Friday, saying, dude, if they go to the finals and win it. He still thinks there's a chance he leaves, even if you win the finals in a Cavs jersey. He thinks, honestly, if you win two in a Cavs jersey, it's like, peace out. I'm going to go do what I want for my career. There's no reason to stay now. And I never thought about it like that, but I, I cannot come up with the scenario in which LeBron James remains a Cavalier. I cannot come up with it. Yeah, I mean, outside of him being a really nice guy and, <laughs> and feeling like he owes something to somebody. Um, or, you know, and, 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 but you also don't know what the, what the Cavs are going to do this offseason, too. I mean, there's a lot of speculation that whoever they draft gets moved for a star. I mean, you know, so there's, there's, it's, I, I don't think this roster as a stand, I mean, if they're, if they, if this is what they're pitching in July, yeah, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be a lot tougher. Okay. Um, but I, but I also don't think it's a, it's a, the roster construction is a finished product either. Um, as the Cavaliers, certainly an ongoing, evolving product at all times. Um, I think, uh, and Dan said it, and I, I think there is something about this team, and it, it remains consistent across a lot of different, uh, you know, iterations of this team. Is they do come out flat, and this first, you know, first game of the Indiana series, and the first game of of, of this of this of, uh, game yesterday night, like you can't lose a game in the first in the first quarter, or you can't win a game in the first quarter, you but you it. can lose it, and that's yep. certainly what happened yesterday. And LeBron just seemed to me to be a little bit on his heels and I think he's usually like that during game one um, but is that is that something to be concerned about is that something to did he, did he seem checked out yesterday I don't think he seemed checked out I think he you know I think he did try and use it as a feel out game which he does very often in game one like you alluded to uh, and then once the shots weren't falling and once the turnovers started piling up you know I think he get frustrated I don't think he checked out, um, but I, I think he, you know, gets to a point where you see that 
you know, score widen, 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 especially in the fourth quarter. And he kind of walked through it after the game. Um, you know, you, you cut it to 14. And, uh, you know, if you, you come out and hit two quick threes, you know, it's, it's a single digit with a single digit lead. You know, conversely, you let them get seven quick ones and you turn the ball over a couple times and then, and then things get blown wide open. I mean, so they had their chance. Um, but I think it was more frustration, uh, than anything else. It's going to be very interesting to see what Boston does now with some of um, like the poster board material LeBron has uh, supplied this season. We'll go back to the quote. Listen, it doesn't matter to me if I'm a six seed, three seed, or two seed, eight seed, James said. If I come into your building for game one, I can be very challenging. Well, you lost by 25. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he, he can be, right? I mean, it's, right. He uh, does have the ability. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. very interesting to see what's up on, like, you know, the, you know, the Megatron, the big screens, and like that kind of stuff. And I think what what may happen now, if you're if you're the Boston Celtics, is is you get the best player in the world to come into your building, you thump the Cavs thoroughly, and I think what can happen is you can lull yourself into a false sense of security, like ah, LeBron's not as big and bad as everybody says. It's year fifteen. The Wolf can no longer blow the house down, and then next thing you know, he puts up forty a night for the rest of the series, and and you win your one game, and then it ends up being four one. I mean, I think it could happen that way. Well, I mean, don't forget, OKC won game one in those finals, uh, 2011. Yeah. No, 2012. OKC won the first game against the Heat. And then, uh, the Heat, the Heat won in five. You know, so, I mean, it's, 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 it wouldn't be the first time LeBron has, you know, been, you know, quote unquote embarrassed in game one and then come back and, 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 and won a series. Now, I also think, I also think the, the makeup of, of this team is a little bit different than, than, than peak years Miami Heat. But uh, but and and LeBron is you know five years older six years older but I do but I do think um, to count him out after one game and I and I kind of tweeted this you know yesterday you know whatever happens in game one whichever team wins you know it's it's not I don't think it's a referendum on the entire series and you need to you know see how each team comes back out each additional time and it'll be now you know it's it's the pressure is on the Cavs I mean let's not you know let's not sugarcoat it. I mean Ty Lue. Then they get they got to figure out a scheme here and how to get LeBron open. They tried to get it to other guys early. You know, the Kevin Love had a had a few shots in the first half. They tried to get mismatches on smaller guys, which was great. But then it just turned into isolation and they stopped moving the basketball. So I think they got to figure out some, you know some some execution fine tuning. But it's 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 fixable. I don't think I don't think all is lost by any means. No, this is. I mean, they are what I've said they are. Is which is LeBron's got to be awesome and monstrous every night for them to be competitive. I just don't think you're going to restrict LeBron to 17 and 9 routinely. I think he's going to get his 40. Yeah, but you can restrict Kevin Love and yes, you can go you fair. can have that you can fair. you can say LeBron has to, you know, play out of his mind, but there's got to be at least one dude out there who's capable of scoring 15, 20 points on, on, so. on a regular. I'm just saying it feels like LeBron has to play out of his mind every single night for them to be competitive. Kevin Love got owned yesterday. I felt like just absolutely Al Horford just had his number and there was really nothing he could do. There was just a million pick and rolls ran at him. Um I feel like defensively there was just very little he could do. What does Kevin Love have to do tomorrow night to get things turned around? Well, I think that again, they're going to have to try and get to him early, um, and, and and exploit some mismatches of smaller guys. Not let not let Horford get in those situations. They're going to have to figure out a way to, uh, you know, again, if it's if it's change up how they're defending the pick and roll, or just execute better on how they're defending the pick and roll. That's going to have to happen as well. Um, you know, and I it'll be interesting to see when they go to Tristan because um, Tristan Thompson has historically been very very good against Al Horford. Um, and you know, if you, if you in any series against Boston or Atlanta over the last couple of years, that's been Tristan who's been out there doing a lot of that work defensively. So it'll be, 
interesting to see if they change things up given the makeup of Boston, just like they did against Indiana for those couple nights. So, you know, again, it's 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 a chess match, and they just got to figure out and try and stay one step ahead. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Um, obviously, Game 2, Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow night back at the Garden. I have to uh, ask you one Browns question before I let you go. Um, it, it, it will not be whether or not they'll win a game this year. But I did hear. How hot is the seat for Hugh Jackson? <laughs> Pretty hot. But I, but I but I did read this this morning. Uh, there's a rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, that Chad Pennington is now grooming Brown's number one pick, Baker Mayfield. Is that true? And B, why would would that be true? You know, I don't know if that part is true, but I do know there's a history between the two of them in some capacity, uh, and I don't, okay, and I right. don't, I don't quite know the details of it. Okay, well, you but they had been they though. they had been linked together before, um, you know. But again, it's it's you know, Chad, while not exactly an elite level, you know, guy executing on the field, is you know definitely an elite level guy in that quarterback room. You know what I mean in terms of you know what's expected of of quarterbacks, where you know what. You know, fill in the gaps. Like, what's you know, where, 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 what, what extra steps does he need to take to get to you know where the Browns need him to be? I mean, you know, so you could, I think you could do a lot worse. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of a guy like Josh McCown, um, yeah. where you know he's he's never going to blow the doors off the place in terms of you know skill, and you're never going to consider him a you know a Hall of Famer. But he's a guy who, in that quarterback room, can really groom and help a younger guy. And that was my big gripe last year, is they blew up that entire room, got rid of McCown. And then they just brought in a bunch of guys who hadn't played before, and they did. And there, there was no leadership there. So, surrounding surrounding this kid with leaders um, is is really going to be the the ticket. Now, whether he plays plays in week six like you think, or plays in week twelve after the bye, or however it's going to work, um, is you know it, I guess is remains to be seen. But the trick is getting him surrounded by the right people that guys like Johnny didn't have, guys like you know Kaiser last season didn't have, and and just hope that. He can learn from him in the meantime, and then you know he has the skill on the field. Um, so if they can fill in the other parts, I think it's it's it's, it's worth trying out. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, buddy. We talk to you every Monday at eight. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Take care, guys. Have a great week. Your shot at a thousand dollars right now. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword bank to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Another shot of the $1,000, 910 this morning. I, uh, I saw this and I can't believe this is an issue. Right. And not because I don't think it's an issue. But because I can't believe the people in charge that decided to do this didn't realize that this would be an issue today. Okay. Now, it's prom season, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's getting ready to go to prom. We probably went last weekend, weekend before, maybe even. I know, like, the mural next to my apartment has been hot for, like, two weeks. Everybody's just stopping, taking photos in front of it all in their Sunday best and their, their prom attire, right? So a lot of times prom will have a theme. You'll do themes, right? And in Miami now, they did a, uh, a, a local high school there, Christopher Columbus High School, took over the Doubletree Hilton at the Miami Airport Convention Center for their prom, and they had a jungle theme. So 
you know how this works. You decorate the, the yeah. room to look this way, and there's this, there's that, right? I think I think my prom was like under the sea or something like that, or something stupid, but I, we had something like that. I know, was it? No, my winter formal was Winter Wonderland. I don't know. What, I don't know what my. I don't know what my prom theme was. But but they all. I mean, I think this is pretty commonplace, here, right? Here was my prom theme: Mad Dog and losing my virginity <laughs> was my prom theme. Like that was that was the theme, right? So staff and student organizers uh, spruce up the room, and they used you know jungle theme decorations. They mm-hmm. made arrangements for uh, you know several animals to be brought in. Among them was a tiger in a cage. Okay. Now this made some people mad. Claiming animal abuse. Student Marie Christine Castellanos, where it says here, whose brother attended the prom, meaning Christine didn't get asked to go. Says, my reaction is, who got down on one knee and invited this tiger to the prom? There we go. She posted on her Facebook page, how shameful for Christopher Columbus High School showing its students on prom night, who is the real king of the jungle? This poor tiger was used in an exotic amusement of the mindless teenagers who were present. Again, this all reads like, I'm fat, didn't get asked. And like, is she just going to keep putting tiger puns in here? They really show their stripes. Like, all right, calm down, lady. Now, Castellanos and her family are longtime animal rights activists who say that this act was abuse. They say the Fire Juggler Act, which brought the tiger out, was in poor taste. She says here, tigers are wild animals. They don't need to be displayed as objects for our amusement. What up, zoo? They don't like fire, the cages, the music, the teenagers with the cameras. They didn't ask for any of that. And again, I don't dislike the zoo. But what is different about this than the zoo? Tiger's in there. There's teenagers up there taking selfies with it, pointing cameras at it. They don't want to be in there. They don't want the camera pointed at that. What, what's the difference? The difference between like a zoo, ca- like a zoo exhibit, and like a cage in like a in like a, a setting like that. Well, the the exhibit at the zoo, at least, dude. Yes, it's built for long term, you know, life, and it's it's large. You can roam around in there. I don't know how much running could really be done in there, but. Having just been there the other day, I don't know how much running gets done in there, but whatever. It's still built for you to live your life. Yes, a cage feels like, well, worse. Although, how many people listening right now on their way into work just caged their dog to go to the office? You see what I'm saying? And a smaller cage than what that tiger's in. Here's the thing. I'm not fine. I knew a high school student in 2018 was going to feel this way. This is my point. Is that how did you think in an entire high school full of kids that one of them wasn't going to be sissy enough to where they had to whine and bitch about this to where you knew you were going to be dragged in front of the you did it wrong court? My real thing is like, boy, this must have been one hell of a budget for a prom. You know what I'm saying? This school obviously has a lot of money if you're going to if you're going to rent a tiger for like for like a day. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty. that's, That's a lot. Well, I mean, is it? What's what does renting a tiger in, consist of? Like, how much does it cost to rent a tiger? I would assume to like put all put, to put those animals in there. Not only are you you're gonna have to get like like an insurance policy and stuff, right? Like, you just I I, I would think that it's pretty expensive to to you know do that. All right, hold on. I'm at I'm at piratesforparties.com, which is a site where you can like rent exotic animals for things. Does it tell me? Uh, they're saying a couple thousand. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's no way it's cheap. I mean, yeah, and, now, if you're a school with money, sure, I but twenty five hundred bucks to ride a tiger for the day for a half a day. 
I don't think that's that. I, I mean, dude, local schools are spending every bit as much as that on something stupid for prom, for sure. I don't think that that's that crazy. But why did you do it? You had to have known one of your students these days. These kids honestly think that they know everything, like every other high school generation ever. But they think they know everything. And they think every struggle is the most important struggle there is. And they have a keyboard in their pocket. And they're bored out of their minds. So, of course, they're going to create problems for you. Why did you not think locking up a live living thing in a cage for prom wasn't going to be an issue in 2018. They're removing clocks out of schools because these kids can't read them. Let that sink in. You didn't think these kids were going to bitch about this? We clap and fawn over them when they walk out of school when they're unhappy. (laughs) We tell them what a good job they're doing when they walk out of school when they're unhappy. They're completely taking over the political narrative in the country. 17-year-olds are. Why the hell would you think that a 17-year-old wasn't going to look at a tiger in a cage and be like, this is a problem? Just save yourself the headache. Just get back to, you know, have the staunch nun in there with the ruler in between the two people trying to dance so there's no grinding and take all the fun away because these kids don't like fun now because fun, somebody else is suffering when somebody's having fun. And that's all they can handle. That's all they want to focus on is the person, the one person suffering. You knew this argument was coming. What were you thinking? What a dumb move from the school. What a dumb move. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 coming up at 9.10 this morning. God, this mic stand sounds terrible, dude. I got to get some WDB 40 over the weekend and get that taken care of. That does not, that does not sound good. I got to imagine on the other end of the radio, that sounds terrible. I apologize for that. There's a weird crime that's been happening here in Canton, Ohio, and uh, it's not it's been going on not that far from where I live, and um, I would be left open to this very easily. As uh, the police here are warning residents to lock their doors and windows. A guy's been or someone has been breaking into uh, four different homes that we know of while people were asleep and uh, stole some wallets and some purses from them homes that happened on like Bellflower and uh, Linwood over in the southwest section of, of town. And again, I live on the southwest side of downtown. Police suspect the same guy or same person is responsible for all the creepiness that's going on. Um, and he's going in through windows and walking through unlocked doors. The victims did not report hearing any noises, but then woke up to find purses or wallets stolen. Now, I'm a pretty light sleeper, but um, you're not going to get into my apartment building through any unlocked doors. Again, because I live in an apartment building, there's a you know a couple of different doors before you could even get to my apartment door. And so I feel pretty safe about that. But my windows are open right now. Like I always like once the weather's nice, I'm like, unless I absolutely need the air conditioner, my windows are open. I, as a matter of fact, I was gone all weekend, left them open all weekend. Really? Really, just leaving them open. Just, and you live on the first floor too, so it's not yeah. like it's not like those are inaccessible windows. Oh, wow, it's about seven and, half, seven and a half, seven and a half, eight feet maybe. You'd have to, you, you, you may need a little boost or something. But there's ledges now. Here is the one benefit to living in the hood is that my windows have bars over front of them. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so well, there's something there. So, so there are bars over top of them, which, uh, which, but the, yeah, but I, I think 
if you wanted to get creative, I mean, I'm sure you could find a way to do something. It, the bars at least serve as the locking yeah. mechanism. So, like, because I was going to say is, like, dude, are you really doing that? Because somebody is going to end up breaking into that house. All you'd have to do is pull your car up to that wall, jump on top of your car, and you'd be able to scale up in oh, there. Oh, for sure. For sure you could. For sure, sure you could. Um, but the fact that there's bars on the windows helps. Although, I, here's I, what's crazy. My kitchen window doesn't have one of those. And that, and I will routinely leave that open. Yeah, dude, that's that. I mean, honestly, because that's my thing is like, who's leaving like windows and doors unlocked? I do it all the time. I'm I'm shocked, dude. I'm shocked. I would never leave doors unlocked. But yeah, I leave the windows. I know what I, I mean. What, an entry point is an entry point. You like, know what I mean, dude? This is this is how crazy this can be. I can pull up to a gas station, windows down in the car. Walk into the gas station. I'll lock the car with the windows down. With the windows down. <laughs> makes no sense yeah at least i I, because i'll do that with my cars i'll leave a window down when i know i have nothing in there and it's like yeah whatever i'm I'm walking walking, right that's what i was gonna say is i'm walking into the gas station if you come in and steal 78 cents out of my out of my out of my change thing that's one thing but like this is your home i can't like and i understand you know you don't have air conditioning and it's hot you want to have the windows open but i can't understand even have that (laughs) leaving your door unlocked like what what are you thinking i can't remember i mean i don't know when the last decade was where leaving your door unlocked would have been all right and i don't think it it was ever okay yeah i mean we all want to live in this like oh well everything was fine back then but it wasn't and people were getting their houses broken into and stolen stuff stolen from them although my i mean my dad used to tell me all the time that when they would go on vacation when he was a kid they wouldn't even lock the door that's insane i i I mean and i guess you know because here's the thing is you can do that i mean well you know what he would always say was is that you know what the difference was and I don't know how true this is. I mean, maybe it was true of his neighborhood where he grew up in Maple Heights um, back then anyway, is that he was like, dude, your neighbors cared about you. They knew you. You were at their house for cookouts on Sunday. You were at like you knew them like you you walked to the neighbor's house to borrow sugar. You did that stuff. He was like, so, dude, everybody knew one another. So if you were looking at it across the street and something was going down, you watched out for one another. That still feels like a very flimsy security in, in, in my mind of like, because how if, if you're doing this at midnight, if you're doing this at midnight, I don't expect my neighbor to be like sitting out on her front porch ready to call 911 in case there's a perpetrator. You know what I mean? Because I'm in bed. She's in bed. We're all in bed. You know what I I mean like I, I i get that that there was a sense of community and and you, you felt that you know you could you could trust people more yeah, but at but, 2 a.m everybody's a stranger yeah man that that's just crazy to me and like the fact that windows maybe all right i guess still lock your windows doors insane to me but there is something that's very ballsy about this crime and it's like i know people are gonna you know break into houses and steal things but i think usually as a criminal you're looking at it from the perspective of like i know you're gone your cars are gone i know your routine you're out but like sleeping like okay so you break into my house number one how do you know where my wallet is where my girlfriend's purse is you know what i'm saying like you you don't know the layout of where i keep stuff and like where we you know i mean bedroom right that's exactly so like so now so now i mean maybe a purse is slung around a chair in the kitchen maybe maybe but this is all like well maybe there's like you know over by like where you put your keys or somewhere to put your wallet too but these are all a lot of maybes and how many times is my wallet in the pants that i wore yesterday you know get up go fish it out of the pants put something new on at the bottom of the basement steps because i took the pants off and threw them down there because i don't want to go do laundry right now so like you're you're going into a home which obviously 
obviously, number one, the the, the you, you get arrested, something like that. But number two, there's going to be gun owners in, in Canton, Ohio. Like, welcome to it. Like, you're putting your life on the line for the hypothetical of, like, well, maybe I can grab someone's wallet. And how many times, if you grabbed my wallet, number one, there'd be $17 in there. Number two, there's $48 on my debit card. So it's not like it's not like you're getting away with, like, this, this big, you know. Yeah, but you're a drug addict who's creeping through people's windows trying to score $10 rocks. You know what I mean? Like, so how much money do you got to make per hit? Like, yeah, yeah, but it, it, to me, that's a, a, a there's a lot more risk to this crime than there is reward. Oh, way too, way so much. Yeah, yeah, way too much. Because here's my thing. Like, you can own a gun all you want, right. but if you're not home, the gun in the house doesn't matter. Right. But if you're home, the gun in the house matters. Right now, because if you wake up, grab that gun, now I'm in trouble. You're right. What are you doing knocking off houses if people are in them for. Yeah, like I said, if 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 someone watches and, okay, I know this person's gone. All right, the white car's gone. You know what? The blue car leaves at 8.30 in the morning. That's when we're going in right out of the gate. Dude, we'll be in and out of there before 9.30. Maybe you get away with it, but this is a terrible idea. I wonder, it's been like four or five houses. It's all in the same neighborhood. Yeah, dude, and that's my neighborhood, by the way. Like, that totally is. Those streets, that area, that's 100% where I live. And so my question is, does he know? Do you know who you're hitting? Like, and do you know what your routines are? Right? Like, does it somebody, I mean, because the, the, you're right. The risk doesn't match the reward. Even if you think, okay, I see their lights go out every night at 1130. That's when they go to bed. When is it like, man, I just can't sleep tonight. I'm going to go sleep out on the couch, babe. And then you hear somebody breaking into your house and boom, you get shot. I, I, I don't know. It just—it it seems crazy to me. To me, the more I think about it, I think this guy's hitting people he knows and knows what their routines are and knows where you keep. Maybe he knows as much as like where you keep things. Again, maybe it's just a guy who's looking at like. I wonder what the what the connection between the victims are. I wonder if there's something between there. Like, right, this is the part of the cop movie where they take the yarn and they get thumbtacks okay. and they start moving and everything. <laughs> Pictures all over the place. Oh right. my god, they bought six <laughs> restaurants and it makes a pentagram in the map. No, like I, I like I wonder if, if that's if there's something about the victims that could be connected and then that's how this is happening. Your next shot at a thousand dollars next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Online for you at WRQK.com. Pass out $1,000. Uh, just took another winner a little while ago. Nice. We'll get another one here for you momentarily. I read this, um, and if you win this $1,000, you won't need this. Okay. But I read one of these articles on like how to take a woman out, but cheaply. Okay. You know that scene from like Half-Baked where, where uh, Dave Chappelle's taking that girl around yeah. the entire city, and he's got like six bucks to do it in? And so like everybody always thinks you can do this. Now, I would imagine, women, that when men are doing things like this, you can spot it. Right, like if you're like if you're paying attention, like you know this guy's trying to do this and not spend money, especially in like first date territory, like before it's an official relationship. I think then it's going to be very obvious. I think I could pull the wool over my girlfriend's eyes of like, hey, we're just gonna go to the park and walk around downtown for a little bit, and she would just be like, okay, because we're not in courting anymore. You know what I'm right. saying? But if this is happening during courting, she's gonna notice. No, for that's sure. two people not sitting on the couch. Right, that's a different, right. That's right. A that's a completely right. different thing. So one of the things they tell you to do that, that is like a cheap way to go on a date is hit the beach. Okay? Yes. That if you have a beach near you, that is a cool, fun afternoon day. Yeah. However, what's set up near the beach? One, one. The 
I only got to get you once businesses are right there, right? That there's like the ice cream cone places mm-hmm. right there. There they'll be like so what I'm saying is if you buy something at the beach, it's more money than it is most other places because oh, yeah. you're at the beach. And what are you not going to spend any money there? There's something that she's going to want and like you're going to have a hard time being like, "No, we're at the beach, but I you can I forgot my sunglasses or this right, or that. God right. only knows. And what are you going to be like, "Nah, we're not buying that." Like, of course you are. Eating in is another cheap way. Now, yes, if you were to cook for a woman, yes. Now, you got to understand, though, there are going to be a lot of women, and rightfully so, who are not going to be into the idea of spending time in your apartment until they figure out whether or not they really want to be in your apartment. Yeah. So you can't bank on the eat in God. Even even if even if you're not intending on having sex with her, even if this is like the purest intentions of like, hey, we're you know we just started dating, we haven't had sex yet. I'm gonna try to. You can understand why she feels like mm, I don't know about this. They say go on a hike, and I would agree that yes, a hike is going to be very very inexpensive. Uh-huh. However, how many times do you think you're gonna get away with that? And there are a lot of people who are not going to be. Um, fitness conscious or want to be walking around all day. A lot of people are lazy. I think there are a lot of women you'd be like, hey, you know what? Let's go for a hike today. They're going to be like, no. Well, especially if you're going into like deep woods, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, some people are going to enjoy that, but some people just aren't outdoor people, especially in like a dating situation. So if you, if it works, if she's like, yeah, let's go do that. You probably got yourself a winner there, but don't necessarily, you know, bank on it. One of the ideas we're going to skip over pretty quickly is go to Ikea. First of all, it's a store yeah. where they sell things. Yeah. Like, what a dumb way to try to save money. And why would she, why, why would you guys, if you're not, what do you want to buy furniture? I, like, I don't know what he's really talking about here. No, you're dating, but now you're going to pick out your living room? Or maybe if you're going on kind of like a little bit of a window shopping, I guess, that, you know, I guess. But like, then once again, it's going to turn into buy me something and you're going to have to buy something. <laughs> like, it's not a good idea. This is the one I didn't get. This is cheap ways to go out with another person. Do a themed happy hour bar crawl. Why would you go to the bar if you're looking to save money? Everything is yeah. ramped up yeah. price-wise. Everything. Especially if you're going to a themed thing. If you're going to like, hey, everyone dress up like your favorite superhero. And aren't, what, you, what? <laughs> aren't you normally picking up the drinks tab normally if you're the man? Now, as a whole, I do think that if you're trying, like, I think drinks is, number one, a very good first date. I feel like usually because you're talking at that point, you have a Better bar. dinner. You have short. A, yep, yep, short. Anybody can bail out at any time. You're not at a movie, so you have things to talk about and things to see, and you can do it relatively cheap, but I, 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 I mean... I don't get that one. I, I really don't. They say, another thing you could do here is soak, uh, soak up all the culture around you. They say museums, galleries are a great way to strike up interesting conversation and most importantly, keep costs low. And I would agree. And our town is a great example of this. I'm willing to bet that the people that, that the percentage of single women in this town that have not been to the McKinley Museum is quite high. I'm also willing to bet that the amount of single people who have not been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame is higher than people think. Right. And these things are somewhat inexpensive. That you can go do that will take hours to do. Yeah, the art museum is eight dollars for adults, and I mean, like, so sixteen bucks. You guys have three, four hours there of like, okay, I mean, you can pre- to do. You can pretend like you're some sort of you know art you know connoisseur, but at least you got a couple of hours there to do something. Yeah, I think a lot of guys are gonna get hung up in there when like the like trying to talk about that stuff and you don't know anything about it. I- I, I would say that's a good place for you to be endeared to. You know what I'm saying? You act like, dude, I'm such a dummy. I don't know about any of this stuff. And she's going to think you're adorable. 
Yeah, there. Well, it depends on the woman, but yes, you could do that. Dine Al Fresco is another one here. They say skip the oversight, uh, overpriced brunch and hit the farmers market. Pick up some, you know, things and then go back, you know, or either just you know get raw food that you can eat. You know, pack a picnic and then go sit in the park and eat. Again, yes, there. A woman's going to find that romantic. I'm going to find it to be like, oh my god, why am I sitting on the ground right. eating just <laughs> with, a, with a summer sausage right there, cutting off pieces of cheese and crackers? But what am I doing ants all over everything. But, but you, it's could, nice. you could probably get away with that for under twenty bucks. Probably hit the dance floor. You don't have to be a great dancer to, to be a great dance date. In fact. Um, they say it's better if you don't know how this will be good because a woman can show you how to do something which they are going to like. And I've never seen this, and this is where I work out here locally is the YMCA. I haven't seen it, but they say dance classes for beginners at your local YMCA are normally cheap and or free. Uh, again, you you probably have to be a member, which I'm thinking about um, – like donating the money to membership a kid. It's like $385 and a kid gets a membership for a year or 900. And I can like, um, I can gift a membership for a family of, I believe it's four. And uh, I'm I'm thinking about doing one of those two things. They say play tourist. Most of us are so busy that it seems like a waste of time to go to the sightseeing in your own city. And I would agree. This is me for sure. Um, but they say if you live near stuff and you, you got like a first couple of date type scenario, take her to go do that stuff. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I, th- I definitely can see like you said, like, oh, hey, let's go to the McKinley Monument and let's go, you know, to the McKinley Hotel. And there's there's definitely things in Canton where you could, hey, if we walk around and see this, you can burn a couple hours for relatively cheap. So it makes sense. I'm not I'm trying. Oh, you know what? Somebody brings up a great point here about the beach. That you missed an easy one, that a lot of women are not going to want to be in a bathing suit on a first date. And you know what? I wouldn't have thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. I think going on, like, beach day, not so good. If you're going to the beach to, like, I guess have, like, a picnic, maybe you could get away with that, but... I would have never thought about not wanting to be in a bathing suit on a first date for a woman, but I bet that that is a huge huge uh you know point of contention for them in that wow i would have never thought about that i just think that these blogs make this stuff sound so much easier every single one of those things i read to you you could still spend 60 70 bucks a day there yeah i mean at the end of the day you you can you're going to be the one who dictates kind of where it goes and 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 the money you spend there i just think that for you and i though it seems some of these things are self-evident and like well yeah you could go for a walk but like there's dudes out there who are just struggling right now with you know just with 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 like what do I do? How do I do it? Like this is a, this is a real problem for guys. I think. Are you? I, I think so. I I do. I think that's why you keep seeing seeing articles like this. Yeah, I mean, I guess somebody's reading it, right? Somebody needs it, right? I mean, otherwise they would stop printing it. I would think if they weren't doing well for them. Yeah, I mean that must be the case. You're shot at a thousand dollars right now. You're shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword "win" to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's win to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Teresa will get you guys hooked up with $1,000 coming up at 1010 this morning. I, uh, I read another um, advice column over the weekend about being more attractive about how a man can go about like just looking better okay okay now a couple of these are really easy they say start to eat right 
and start to diet is on the list and you'll lose a little weight, you'll look better, you'll have a little bit more confidence. And I can tell you, I, I spent some time in, in the Metro Parks over the weekend um, with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And I was just standing on a rock, just kind of like looking down the stream, actually, just kind of like enjoying my Saturday. Um, I didn't even have my phone on me, as a matter of fact. I left my phone in the car when we went, and it was like the best decision I ever made. But somebody that was with us decided to take photos of me and without me knowing it. And I was just kind of like standing there. And so I ended up posting them when I got back to my phone. And the amount of people that reached out were like, dude, oh my God, have you lost a lot of weight? Man, you look good. And the amount of women who were like, Jesus, dude, you look really good these days. It does. It makes you feel good. And obviously being thinner, more in shape is going to make you more appealing to the opposite sex or even the same sex if you're dating a man. And it's going to be huge for your confidence. And I think that's really where you're probably going to get most of the benefit from is you feel good. You're going to start acting differently. You'll look better because you'll feel better. Right. Yeah, I think that's 100 percent accurate. Having confidence makes you look sexier. It does. It just when you're when you look timid, you just look like something I shouldn't make eye contact with and look over with. Right. So they also say get in the habit of walking with a straight back Um, that, you know, standing up straight, not to slouch. Don't look like, you know, you slouch in public. And I would agree that, again, that that will exude your confidence. I think a lot of people get beat down by life and they just start that slow, eventual like, all right, I'm just going to kind of like bow to the world at all times. And I mean, I know part of it is, is, you know, people are overweight. They're carrying around too much weight around their midsection. It gets tired. It gets, you know, but I think I think a lot of people would do a lot better if you just, man, just put a little bit of straightness in your back. I would agree there. Again, exercise there. They say, you know, being a couch potato and not a good look for anybody. Read at least one book a month. Um, And again, this is one of those things that will help your confidence. Most of you listening right now have not read a book. I shouldn't say most. A lot of you listening right, although I probably can't say I say, most, I was right? going to say don't, I, most, most. I would say most people have probably not read a book in the last year, right? Yeah. I would say most people, dude, haven't read a book since they were in school. I, 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 I will say that. I, I think most people, over 50% of the country adults, have not read a book since they were in school. Wow. I, um, that's, I hope you're wrong about that, but I don't think that you are. Like, I, I think you're right about that, but that's a little scary. I mean, even as simple as, I'll give you a book I love. And it's, it's, and again, this doesn't have to be about like, you know, you being an intellectual. It's just you reading something. It could be something as, as simple as something you're interested in, like a rock star biography. Just read one of those. Face the Music by Paul Stanley is a book I love. Now, I'm not getting any smarter reading Paul Stanley's book, but I'm reading it, right? And, or I have read it, I should say. But again, you will deepen your interests by reading. You will be more interested, which will then automatically make you more interesting. Only the interested are interesting. I um I've I've made a real concentrated effort over the past year to be reading a book every month and I definitely feel better about myself for it like no question. Yeah, like, you just no feel question. like less of a loser, yeah, right? Like a 100%. little bit, and losers too far, but like a little less of like a a lazy it's, American. It's so it's so like I don't know. You know so I got a kid glove it when I say things like that. Right, like is somebody who's not reading a book's going to be like, "Oh, Stansberry, you said what are you saying? I'm stupid." And, oh, close enough. Um it but it is one of those things that yes, you do because I feel like there's times 
where I'm like, well, oh, this is a good point, or I want to like talk about this or bring something up. But the thought of like talking about reading to me is so pretentious. It's it so is. like if I was going to be like, oh, well, this book, and it's yeah. just like, God, dude, but, why is why is that the case? Reading a well, book makes me pretentious. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. And, and and it's not the people who aren't reading the books. It's the people who do read books who read them for the reason to make people who don't read books feel like they're stupid and less than because they don't read books. What's happening to you, Fantone, is you're paying for the sins of pretentious people who came before you. Okay. What's happening okay. To you. I think I think there's a little bit of truth in that. That yes, there are people who who are intellectual elites who try to use that as like, a, hey, I'm better than you. But at the same time, I think there's people who feel threatened because they don't challenge themselves in any in any fashion. And if it's like, well, pff, what are you talking about reading books? You think you're better than me? And That's true. Those, too. I think both those people exist. Column A, column B. I, it would be crazy to yes, both those things exist. Uh, show empathy towards other people will make you more attractive. And again, I think if people see you be kind, they're and I go, oh, okay, pretty decent guy. And your personality can make up for not the best looks. Yeah, especially as a as a man, I think that's 100% true. Now, this is the one I always harp on with these. You know what? We'll skip that. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll wait on that one. Okay. Take proper care of your shoes. Shoe maintenance will keep your shoes alive longer if you're wearing nice shoes. Again, if you, if you polish them once a week, they'll last a little longer. Um, they always say, and this is true, and I need to take this advice more than I don't. And I'm really guilty here in the building. Okay. But always dress a little bit better than the situation requires. Don't overdress. Don't underdress, but just be a little bit overdressed for most situations. Yeah. Now, I'm a little guilty of taking the Hank Moody fashion advice. Hank Moody, for those of you that don't know, was the character from Californication. Black t-shirt, pair of jeans, nice pair of expensive uh, you know, tennis shoes, do your hair, wear a watch, walk out the door. That's who I am. It's just who I am. But that's not always right for the for the perfect, you know, for the right situations. I will be guilty sometimes of going, eh, I don't have to dress up for that, so I'm not gonna. And I dress a little too down for the building, especially. Like if somebody was just to happen to like happenstance be in this building, there are times where, all right, I probably shouldn't meet you today. Yeah, I mean, I think as a whole that's true. I think there's some exceptional cases, and I definitely think that we run into them sometimes. But yeah, I think the point lies there. Here's another one here. Fantone always gets on you people about this one, especially um, as the weather starts to get a little bit warmer. But always, always, always use uh, cologne. Or no, deodorant, rather. Always use deodorant. And you harp on people about that, and they should be wearing deodorant. And they also say you should have a cologne and splurge on it if you can. Now... I don't think it's terrible advice, yet I don't notice men wearing cologne the way they used to. Not like they used to, because I think a lot of people have transitioned over to body sprays, and I think those wear off a lot quicker, where if you sprayed yourself with like polo cologne back in the day, that stuck on you for hours, where now it's like, dude, if you spray some Axe body spray on yourself, that's gone within half an hour. I need a bottle of cologne. Like, I'm out at the moment, haven't bought one in forever. I kind of need one. I just like smelling like nothing. That's my ideal. Like, that's really where I want to be is I don't want to smell like, oh, my gosh, you smell so good. I just want to smell like nothing, like clean. 
They say hey, all men should have at least one pair of classic, elegant Oxford dress shoes. Black are the most versatile. And again, yeah, you should have at least one pair of black dress shoes. Like, geez. Well, but at that point, you'd have to have dress pants and you'd have to, you know, and I think there's plenty of dudes who don't. Do don't have to do yeah, that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are times, honestly, where if I'm going to something ultra grown up like that, where I'll just be like, you know what, just go to the mall and buy something new today to get through it. Wash your bed clothes a minimum of once a month. This is uh, ways to be more attractive. Yeah. The more frequently, the better. Do it on a highest temperature as humanly possible to kill bacteria we actually just looked it up the other day through another conversation on the program you don't necessarily kill off that bacteria by, by doing stuff like that match your socks to your pants and throw away socks with holes in them that should be pretty easy there clean your ears including trimming and, and uh, you know all the hair that's coming out of them listen with your full attention when people talk i'm bad about this um i have attention deficit disorder problems sometimes i'll like scan a room as people are talking to me it's super rude it's one of those things i hate about me and need to fix um, but here's the other one that I always harp on and I'm always talking about how this is, I think this is terrible advice. I just, it's bad advice, but they say here to, in order to be more attractive, you have to be self-confident. They say, even if you're faking it, they say, smile, relax, and keep your composure, fake it till you make it. Now here's the thing. Confidence. If you have it is a wonderful trait. And it will open doors to you that will not be opened to other people who do not have it. That is true and cannot be argued. I've seen it in my own life. Okay. But the idea to tell somebody who is not confident on their own to fake confidence under the guise of being more attractive, I think is wildly, wildly dangerous. There's a there's a very thin line between cocky and confident. There's a very thin line. I can be a little guilty of being too far in one, not enough on the other, and vice versa, depending on what the scenario is. But there's also this third thing that can happen where you're not really a confident person, but you're trying to fake it, and then you just get ultra weird. And then what happens is, is because you're not confident you're going to start to rely on things that you see your confident friends do, right? And then, or confident guys in movies you've seen do, and you're going to mimic these things, and you don't have the personality, the backbone to sell it, and it's going to come off as creepy. There was that show, uh, The Pickup Artist, or something like that, where this dude was like telling guys, like, you got to go out there, and you got to peacock, and you got to wear something crazy, and you know, have like this wild hairstyle, and chicks will pick that up, and it's like, that's that's exactly where it is. That's where the problem is, is when you start start acting like somebody you're not. I think the concept of fake it until you make it and like smile and try to look confident that steps along the ladder that's building into the process but you're right if you go from zero to a hundred everyone's going to be able to tell this is built on a house of cards like i know for sure there are a handful of guys listening right now who hear us say be more confident and assume that means be a dick right oh yeah 100 percent. and they're gonna take confidence and just be a dick like i call her fat you know exactly right I have this style about picking up women where I will mess with you a little bit. I will tease you. I will joke with you. And then I joke with me and this and that. And growing up and having been like this my entire life, I had a buddy growing up who was like, you know what? I I have terrible luck. You always kill it. You're always doing this stuff. And you always say all this crazy stuff that would normally make you know a woman throw a drink in a guy's face. And it works for you. And I'm going to start doing this. And I told him, I was like, dude. My style does not work for everybody, and I'm a numbers guy. My whole thing is, dude, I'm up at the plate a lot. Your boy likes swinging the bat, so you're going to strike out, 
right? There's going to be times where you just like weeks on end where just like there's no woman in your bed. But my system and dude, he tried it and it just didn't work. And I was like, dude, it's not who you are. And so you weren't selling the jokes properly. It did come off as you being rude. Like one of the things I will always say to a woman, like when I'm joking around with her, like when they, you know, because women like to hit you, they'll slap you a little bit, joking around with you, push you or whatever. And I will always say this to a woman, just because you outweigh me doesn't mean you're tougher than me. Right now, that's obviously a joke. I'm not going to say to a woman who legitimately weighs more than me, I'm not going to say that to her. But again, like I've seen, and it works for me a lot, and I've seen guys try to do it, and like, dude, next thing you know, drinks right in the face. What a difference, though, between, like I said, of you saying what you said, and then like, haha, you're fat. You know what I mean? Because dudes don't understand those lines, and there's a little bit of, of you're your right. right, of like, there's, you've done this, not only, you know, who you are personality-wise, but you have years of experience of this, and like, you've been able to kind of like fine tooth, you know, comb it. And, and, and at this point, if some dude is just like, all right, I'm going to pull that Stansberry line. I'm just going to say this to a fat chick at the bar. It's over. not going to go well. It's not going to go well. It is lights out. End of the program. We'll wrap it up for you next on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Just read about a five-year-old in Colorado who was standing outside of her house and a black bear attacked her and drug her halfway down the street. Jeez. They got her back. She's fine. I guess going to be uh-huh. fine in the end. And I guess they found another bear in Ashtabula County in Ohio this time. And they say, uh, be on the lookout. Dude, I love bears. I'm intrigued by the bear. I like the bear a lot. I'm a big fan. I saw one walking down the street in Oregon once. It was awesome. And when I went to the zoo and I saw one playing with his red ball, I was like, yeah, I wanted to go in there. I wanted to play with him. I wanted to hang out with him. But, dude, those things are, like, dangerous as hell, man. They're going to rip your face off. Can't believe that. I also read this story, which was terrifying, out of, uh, I believe, Deschutes County, Oregon, where the fire department found a baby in the woods naked. Uh, Apparently, a guy took his baby into the woods about a week ago and just walked out of the woods and left his kid in the woods. I gotta go. I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I understand fully. Oh my God, I was not prepared for the responsibility of this. Right. That I do get. Right? I don't understand how a human being could take a child, your own child, leave it in the woods, walk out and go, yeah, however that ends, I can live with that. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think, like, dude, at least go take them up to the fire department. Isn't there, like, that box outside? You just drop your baby in there, and they'll take care of it for you or whatever. They have boxes now, right? Like, they make things now. I mean, it's sad to say, like, you know, there's people who, like, hurt their children. And, I mean, not that walking away neglect is any better, but at the end of the day, plenty of monsters out there. I am am going to admit, and I hope that Dick Goddard's law will not, like, retroactively go back and, like, arrest me and send me to jail. But I am going to admit a case of animal cruelty on my behalf. Jeez. That I severely regret. And okay. I bring this to tell you that I don't that you can never do this to a person. Okay. 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 So when my brother and his wife had first been married, they were living in California. And I went out to uh, to stay with them um, for a short period of time, and then I was going to try to make my life, you know, happen in California. And my sister-in-law had to do something for work or something, or she had to go somewhere, right? And she was gone for the weekend. And we lived in this nice four-bedroom house in Southern California. And in one of the bedrooms, my sister-in-law had a cage 
with two birds in it. And she told my brother and I, whatever you two idiots do while I'm gone, make sure you take care of those birds. Long story short, neither one of us fed. Did not take did care any, of the birds. Neither, neither one of us fed them, took them out, did anything with them. Next thing you know, my sister-in-law came home to two dead birds laying in the cage who had, like, who had died. All right? Now, there were times that during that happening where music was turned up louder to not hear birds versus taking care of said bird, right? So, and I can still hear it, and I feel terrible today as I sit here as an adult. I was in my early 20s when this happened. I'm a full-grown adult now, and I feel terrible about who I am as a person because of it. So through that, though, what I'm saying is even then, having being willing to do that then, I could not have left a baby in its in the woods to fend for itself. I would hope I would hope you notice the difference of of the two people right there or of the two things right there. Like I, I think there's a you dude, know. I can still hear that bird in the back of my ear, <laughs> dude, and it's so it's sad. Terrible, it is. that it's is. Sad. It sounds awful. I mean, dude, do you know what a bird sounds like when it's dying of hunger? No, and like it's dude, awful. just put some seed in there, bro. Like, what did you have going on? You're like, no, we'll just turn up the Motley Crew instead. <laughs> exactly what happened Jeez. too. I feel terrible, and I know it's not funny. Like, I'm not laughing. I like, I know it's not. And please don't anybody call Dick Goddard on Somebody's me. Somebody's about to. Don't remind Dick Goddard where he is and then tell him he <laughs> has to like come and like, you know, arrest me. Don't don't do that. But I just don't know how you could leave a baby in the woods or in a hot car or any of that stuff. I just don't understand that. Teresa will have your next shot at $1,000. She'll give you your next keyword of the day. That will be at 1010 this morning. Aside from that, we are done. Be back at it live tomorrow for New Turd Tuesday, which 9 a.m. tomorrow, you're getting New Tech 9, New Jason Aldean featuring Miranda Lambert, and also New Pop Evil. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.